All right. Well, welcome to episode three of the Annapolis Christian Academy Warriors podcast. We're joined by Mr. Ty Hensley, the co-head of the Academy and the principal of the schools of logic and rhetoric, which we oftentimes shorten to SOLAR. Mr. Hensley, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rob. Well, we've talked in the opening episode, the first episode of the podcast, with some. we covered some general topics, and that apply to all new families from pre-K through 12th grade. And in this episode, let's talk more specifically about um, topics that are going to really hit home with the, um, say, 7th grade through 12th grade, our solar students. For example, one of the things that um, you and Mr. Smith designed specifically for solar students is chapel. So what are we looking forward to in chapel as we start the new school year? Well, chapel is going to be a little different historically um, and just from a practical perspective as well to begin with. It's every Wednesday, uh, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, at uh, 11 a.m., and it's our attempt to um, allow parents uh, to, to have that opportunity to come maybe around their lunchtime at work. They can leave uh, for lunch a little bit earlier so that they can attend. Uh, we want to really increase uh, parent partic- participation uh, with that. The more the merrier, and the parents can uh, also be blessed by that, by the message uh, that Mr. Smith and the rest of the staff uh, provide. Uh, really, our you know express purpose is discipleship with our students. So there's a lot of um, you know kind of character based uh, teaching for those, and um, we're very blessed to have Mr. Jeff Smith because he is an ordained minister as well, and uh, so. Uh, having him as a teacher, he has that relationship with our students, and then also as a subject matter expert in the fact that he is um, uh, an ordained pastor, he can uh, really deliver some great messages, and uh, so it's very beneficial. There's also a worship element, uh, so we follow a formal liturgy, uh, which is really just kind of a schedule of worship, and that involves prayer, of course, a hymn, and it's it's a great opportunity for your parents to witness really that truth, goodness, and beauty that we strive to infuse uh, throughout the culture here at Annapolis. And it, it's just laden uh, with that at chapel. So uh, we definitely want to encourage participation, that's for sure. And that's a great way to get connected uh, with staff, with, with your student. Also, students can sit with their parents at, at chapel. Otherwise, they're sitting with their uh, respective houses. Uh, which they're a part of as well, their student groups. So it's just a great opportunity here at Annapolis. So Chapel raises the topic of uniforms because uniforms for Chapel are different than they are on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Friday. So let's address the questions that parents may have about Chapel uniforms versus uniforms for the other days of school. What's different about them? And and then we can maybe have some additional questions about uniforms after that. Yeah, the, the school handbook this year will be available on the website, and that's the quick and easy answer. Uh, Land's End uh, also has, uh, there's a link on the website that you can click through and see uh, specifically because there's a lot involved in the, in the chapel uniform. But uh, it, it's also good for teaching the students to be responsible that one day a week, uh, just like in preparation for church, we might dress up when we attend church, but or we may not, but we typically are very intentional about uh, preparing for worship. And I think it, along those same lines uh, with Solar Chapel is we really want 
uh, students to have the opportunity to prepare. And that's a great way to prepare for worship. And uh, that's what chapel is here. So we, we uh, ask our students to wear a tie. Uh, they have a coat uh, that they wear. Uh, and many of those coats, I'd say that's probably one of the most important elements because uh, it is South Texas and the students <laughs> love to take their coats off because it's really hot. Uh, although we try to keep the temperature down inside the building for them on chapel days especially. But uh, it's really important to put your child's name in the coat because I'll be honest with you, on a weekly basis, I pick up around seven to eight of those chapel coats on average, uh, maybe more, sometimes more, sometimes less. So um, that would really be helpful uh, in kind of helping us uh, by placing your uh, student's name inside the coat. So the coats are different and unique, uh, but the students just really... Um, exuberate excellence uh, when they are in chapel attire. It's just, uh, it really, there, there's a direct correlation, and we see that through loads of research out there, that when students are well-dressed, uh, typically what follows that pattern is good behavior mm-hmm. and also excellence academically. So uh, that's um, obviously one of our biggest advantages to having the uniforms here at Annapolis, and it just really takes that uh, that individuality element out of it. You know, students mm-hmm. are all dressed alike, and, and so that's that's typical. That's a good argument for parents. I hear this often that uh, when Johnny is complaining that he has to wear his coat, well, your classmates have to wear their coats too. You know, it's a team <laughs> effort. So uh, you don't want to be the one guy uh, in class or in, in your house without your chapel coat. So it, it's a, just a really good training element that the students may not might not enjoy at first, but um, from what I hear from most of our upperclassmen, our 10th through 12th graders, is that they appreciate it, uh, not having to uh, worry about what to wear. Um, and also some advice, I just met with a senior earlier. I asked her uh, what, what help, kind of helps her remember what to wear on each particular day. And really, Wednesday is the only day that's outside of the norm. But uh, she just mentioned uh, laying out her chapel attire the night before. And I think that's a good mm-hmm. piece of advice for parents to uh, come alongside your child and make sure that they have everything washed and ready to go and laid out the night before on Tuesday night prior to Wednesday. So growing up in baseball, we called that the look good, feel good, play good <laughs> principle. That's right. Uh, pardon my poor grammar. But <laughs> it, it applies very much across the board uh, when students, as we've observed as parents here, when our students are dressed not just for chapel, although that elevated uniform does set a new and, and different tone on chapel days, but even just the regular days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, when our kids are in there uniforms versus when they're in spirit attire for a spirit day or something there's there is a a difference in the way that they approach the responsibility of being students in the school and that uniform sets that tone for them and and it's been a beautiful thing to watch it now really does. i know parents have received information about picking up uniforms from lands end and from academic outfitters locally what if parents are unable to get uniforms at the last minute or if their student has outgrown something or they're just scrambling for one particular piece, say a tie for chapel, do we have a resource here at the school that parents can dive into to help them pick up some uniform supplements? We certainly do, Rob, and it's an excellent resource. We have a swap closet upstairs of the admin building, which is where our logic school attends classes at the end of that hallway. And it's clearly marked, and um, it is full, and it stays full. (laughs) 
And so, and this is not just uniforms that are left behind and that sort of thing. We match, we get those back to their owners. Those are typically found uh, in the front office if somebody, you know, loses a coat or something like that. But these are items that parents um, bring back to the school. And uh, it's just a great feature that we have here at Annapolis because the uniforms can be pricey, uh, although uh, it's probably still a lot cheaper than um, uh, the dress code outside of a uniform policy. However, they're available upstairs and gently used uh, is is typically the condition that you'll find those uniforms in. And there is just, I encourage all parents uh, to, to uh, check out the swap closet, um, even participate in that um, when your child outgrows something uh, to offer that uh, to the swap closet and, uh, and also to take from it as well. So a lot of our students uh, participate in that, which is really good. And I think that's encouraging to kind of give back to uh, your classmates and to the school. Uh, we had a former graduate uh, that came in last week that brought, I don't know how many loads, I think it was three or four loads mm-hmm. out of her car. So the swap closet is stocked and uh, definitely ready for visitors to come in and partake. Let's talk about some of the basic policies regarding, say, classroom discipline and organization and communication that we have here at Annapolis as part of our um, intentional focus on in loco parentis, which we mentioned in the first episode of the school coming alongside the parents. Let's talk specifically first, Mr. Hensley, about what are our disciplinary expectations inside the classroom? Well, the the school has, um, each teacher has a discipline policy that they follow that's catered to their particular class and is somewhat unique. However, uh, for the most part, it follows a format of just really seeking to disciple students. Um, Just note that, you know, discipline uh, is discipleship. And it should be done in love. Uh, so really our focus is the heart. It's not the exterior or external uh, ramifications of a misbehavior, but rather uh, what's going on in the heart of the student. So and, and really striving to focus on training hearts uh, and not just training minds and not just trying to get uh, an external response from a particular situation. So our teachers are really good about that. Um, they're not going to uh, call a student out uh, in front of the entire class. Typically, it's done in the hallway. A student might be called outside if they're misbehaving, uh, which doesn't happen very often. Uh, that's the beauty of Annapolis and classical Christian education is that the teachers um, are looking to um, put the students above themselves, ahead of themselves, and to treat them like they would their own kids. So you'll see just, just a really intentional effort on behalf of the teachers to, to really support the students in that way and redirect them accordingly. So you'll see a lot of positive pinpointing, you know, good job, Johnny. Thank you for, um, you know, helping pick up your classmates' books. So that just really uh, infuses the right type of behavior in our students. And so you'll see that in a lot of the practices here at the school and especially in the high school as the students get older. And they just that just sets a great example and sets the tone for the rest of the school is when a kindergartner sees a senior open the door for his teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of behavior is common here. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of misbehavior, but the teachers, 90% of the discipline, 90 plus percent is handled at the classroom level by the teacher. Um, so it's not very often that discipline problems come to my attention, but when they do, we work alongside the parents, as you mentioned, Rob, earlier in Loco Parentis. Um, 
So that's really important that we're all on the same page. It's really a threefold process between student, teacher, uh, and parent, and all working together uh, to seek uh, if it's a situation that involves, um, you know, just some sort of conflict. We want to find resolution following the biblical format of, of restoration, uh, and that's really what we want to achieve: is restoration of that particular relationship that might be damaged. Uh, due to whatever particular thing that that, that, that might be. Uh, one thing that I do want to warn parents about is social media and just the, the concerns that we have as a staff and um, several of the issues that we had last year were just, uh, you know, middle school students unintentionally, um, you know, using social media and saying things that might hurt have hurt another student and, and they were unaware. Uh, so things like that, when they are caught, we bring everybody together and we really, again, seek that restoration of relationships. And we want to help our students understand that social media, um, it can be a blessing, but it can be a curse as well. And, and we want to make sure that students are aware of that. Um, so we do classes uh, through our uh, guidance counselor. Uh, Mrs. Hawkins, she does a social media course uh, with our Logic students, our 7th and 8th graders, and really helps them understand uh, the dangers of social media and how to use it appropriately as a tool uh, to build relationships, to encourage and not to, to, to tear down. So we've really seen a good response there, Rob. So if an issue arises throughout the course of the school year between either a student and a teacher or a parent and a teacher, what is the appropriate process for the parent to go through at Annapolis, um, assuming that it's not turning to social media and blasting the teacher or <laughs> the school or other things like that that our society condones? What is our expectation under the guidance of Matthew 18 here at Annapolis for resolving those conflicts? That's a great question. Really, it's to go to the person uh, that you have that particular problem with or concern, whatever the case might be, uh, to go to the person. And we encourage you know, interpersonal, you know, communication as much as possible. Go to the person in person, <laughs> not through social media, not through email. A uh, phone call is fine. Uh, we know a lot of parents are at work, mm -hmm. uh, so a phone call is, is perfectly okay, but we prefer in-person communication when uh, possible. And there's times throughout the day to do that. Uh, we uh, recommend uh, reaching out to the parent, uh, or the teacher rather, through email uh, or phone call to set up a meeting and to have um, an in-person uh, conversation about uh, whatever the concern might be. And 99% of the time we see those issues completely re re resolved by following that Matthew 18 procedure. Um, and really that 1% is typically what, what we see is, is just not handled properly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we all mess up, we all make, make mistakes. Um, however, uh, we do uh, all have that overarching desire and concern for each other ahead of ourselves. So really reaching out to that person and, um, and seeking reconciliation is really important. But uh, between teacher and parent, that relationship is vital. Mm -hmm. uh, the students need to see that, uh, that they're both pulling the, same, the rope in the same direction, so to speak. So uh, that, that partnership, that relationship is so vital that we put a lot of uh, stress and pressure on our teachers in a good way uh, to reach out. <laughs> to families and uh, to encourage two-way communication. Mm -hmm. So, Speaking of communication, what are some of the tools that we use here at Annapolis to communicate with our parents? Um, we kind of touched on at the at, in the first episode of the podcast, we touched on a little bit about our desire to have regular and open communication between parents and teachers, both from parents to teachers and from teachers to parents. 
The grammar school has its methodology for facilitating that communication. What is the SOLAR school's uh, methodology or procedure for communicating teacher to parent? Yeah, that's a great question, Rob, and, and we have a lot of parent uh, questions and concerns about that because they get kind of accustomed to that grammar format of, uh, as Mr. Mr. Lockyer mentioned, the blue folder and getting a hard copy of that communication home. Uh, so we really, starting in the seventh grade, uh, start to encourage our students to take the responsibility to uh, convey and carry that communication home to parents. And then also, if um, the student has any concerns, uh, to go to the teacher. And that's probably the single best piece of advice that I can offer new families is, uh, and if you know that that's what we're doing, uh, to strive to help us in that way, to come alongside us, again, in loco mm-hmm. parentis, and encourage your students to go to their teacher if they have any questions or concerns. Really, it's just encouraging um, that studiousness that we would like <laughs> to see in our students by copying down. A lot of our teachers have a homework board or a particular place on the whiteboard uh, where they'll write down their the, the homework assignment or the project or a hard copy that will be sent home. It'll be various uh, means of communication uh, because they don't have the same teacher all mm-hmm. day. You know, they have multiple teachers. In, some, in most cases, seven to eight different teachers uh, with seven to eight different courses. So uh, that's um, a lot of communication. So uh, planners are recommended. Uh, we recommend those from day one. Uh, so just a monthly planner where the student can write down uh, the information for that particular class. And uh, we highly recommend that and encourage that, just that single source uh, to, to write down all of your assignments on. And so we we really shift things um, and put more um, responsibility on the backs of the students once they get to seventh grade. And we know this is a process. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. immediately from, you know, fifth and sixth grade into seventh grade. It's it's a process. So we, uh, the teachers, come alongside the students and really um, remind them often <laughs> to write down their assignments, uh, sometimes three or four times in a class period. But we know that that's part of that training mm-hmm. element to get them to the point um, where our high schoolers are. And at the, the by the time they're in high school, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade especially, uh, they may use a planner or they might not. They might just write their notes uh, down or they might remember them. You know, by that time, by that point, we really want them to um, have those established routines that, that are beneficial for them specifically. So a lot of our students uh, typically write things down, of course, but we want them to develop their own format for remembering things and also communicating with parents. Uh, along the same lines of communication uh, is something that we uh, have been doing over the course of the last year, and it's called the Solar Flare. And uh, so we uh, send out monthly communication that's very broad in general, but also has some specific elements, such as uh, when we're performing uh, SAT testing or, you know, a a note from uh, the Hawk's Nest, which is uh, Mrs. Hawkins is our um, college and career advisor. So she'll have a little uh, portion uh, within Mm -hmm. the solar flare and upcoming events uh, like Camp Eagle and our house program. And there's just, it's just loaded with great information and that comes out monthly. So look for the solar flare, Mm -hmm. uh, which is specifically geared towards seventh through 12th grade students. What does a normal or regular routine day look like for a solar student? Maybe if it makes sense to break it down seventh and eighth for the school of logic and ninth through 12th for the school of rhetoric, that's fine. But you know, let's, let's give the new parents a bit of an overview of what 
and a typical day looks like here at Annapolis for their solar student? Yeah, schedule should be coming out, coming home soon. And, and really what you'll see is the scheduling of classes is the biggest distinction between the two. We're trying to get students geared toward kind of that college preparatory mindset mm-hmm. where uh, the classes don't meet every single school day. For example, at the high school level, uh, we have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday bell schedule, and then we have a Tuesday, Thursday bell schedule. So we have the the, the blue Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the red schedule Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, so we're trying to get our students prepared for that. In logic school, the biggest difference is they have their classes every day. Um, the classes are a little bit longer, uh, so they're 50-minute uh, classes, and the students have those every day. We think that's really important, mm-hmm. especially for math and language. They're really getting those foundational components, um, algebraic concepts, so on and so forth. That's going to build into the uh, obviously into the rest of their high school career. Um, so we're trying to get them uh, prepared for that for that next phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're always striving to uh, to bridge the gap in any way that we can and ease the transition process. So um, so that's a big part of what you'll see. We're very intentional about onboard, onboarding uh, new seventh graders from sixth grade over the course of the school year, especially second semester, as well as incoming ninth graders, uh, current eighth graders over the course of the second semester, especially, and getting them prepared for what their schedule is going to be like, uh, what the additional responsibilities are going to be like, and we get our students in, invested in that process through the house program and also the teachers as, as well. So we want to really come alongside parents and help their students. We know those are challenging transitions, so we try to ease that transition as much as we possibly can. What time of day do we want our students in the solar program to arrive on campus? We kind of go by uh, from day one, we try to infuse in our students that if you're five minutes early, you're on time, uh, sort of that uh, (laughs) principle. So we want them uh, here no later than 820 for their first period class uh, this year uh, for ninth through 12th graders for the high school students. And uh, we want them here by 820 as well with the 7th and 8th graders. Uh, but we recommend 815 uh, at least, uh, 810, 815 for them to go to their lockers to get everything that they need mm-hmm. uh, for their particular school day, especially the first couple weeks of school because they're still getting accustomed to the new schedule. Uh, so they'll need to know what classes they have on each particular day, what they'll need for each class, and that just gives them some time where they're not rushed and hurried. Uh, typically what we see is students that are running late, and we know it happens, and that's okay. There's grace there if you are running late. But uh, they typically forget things uh, right. whenever they get to class. Uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Smith, hey, I forgot my mechanical pencil. Can I go get it out of my locker? And uh, Whereas whenever they're five or ten minutes early, they have plenty of time to think about that and what they need and to be better prepared for the day. So one of the things that parents, especially new parents, are going to notice throughout the course of the school year and as the progress of, of, this, um, of this project continues, it may cause other kinds of confusion and delays and so forth, but that's the construction of the new high school building, which we're all very excited about here at Annapolis. What is the current status of the high school project? Over the course of the summer, it doesn't seem to have changed a whole lot. However, there's a lot going on in that high school building, uh, and we're really excited to be unveiling that new building this school year, this academic year. We're not quite sure exactly when that will be. Uh, We're thinking at least uh, January, probably as late as March, uh, but with any 
construction job, you know, it depends on weather and, uh, you know, lots of factors, <laughs> but uh, that's a big one. Uh, so we're just really hopeful uh, by second semester that we're, our high school students are moving in that new facility. Uh, that's very exciting. But, uh, you know, with construction, with any construction causes, um, you know, some traffic issues, there, there might be heavy equipment. So just be um, on the lookout for that. Um, you know, we've had anything from lift trucks to, uh, dump trucks to all kinds of heavy equipment. So just be on the lookout, cement trucks, that sort of thing. So uh, we'll be coming on on site in the coming weeks. So uh, it's coming together, which is uh, beautiful, but it's also kind of challenging during this interim time when the construction is underway. So just, yeah, I think as far as that goes. And if your student is a driver, uh, just encourage them uh, to park uh, beside the current high school facility, between the current high school facility and the gymnasium. Uh, there's plenty of parking spaces there, uh, and that kind of helps them avoid that 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 traffic issue that that you'll see coming through the roundabout and that sort of thing. So, while we get ready for the new school year, um, we mentioned schedules earlier coming out soon, and I know parents uh, of Solar students in particular are looking forward to, or maybe their students are and the parents aren't, but. The, one of the new fun things when you get into that solar age range is getting your own locker. You kind of have your own personal space. When will locker assignments be ready? And uh, do we have any kind of particular guidance or rules for lockers? What kind of uh, locker overview should we give new parents today? Back to school night is August the 2nd. For new families, uh, be here at 5 until 6.30 and then at 6.30, uh, that's kind of an open forum or an opportunity for you to walk around campus and meet the teachers, you know, for our students to start uh, building relationships with other students, uh, for students to receive their lockers, uh, for them to receive their uh, hard copy of their schedules. So that's uh, that back to school night is on Friday, August 2nd. It's just a great opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really encourage uh, you to come and, and, and attend that evening if you can. Uh, if you can't, uh, again, we'll be sending the schedules out electronically. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact us at the front office or uh, to contact me via email. Uh, I'd be glad to help you with any of those questions that you might have. But lockers will be given and provided um, at back to school night. And then again, if you're not able to make it the first day of school, uh, there's a grace period the first couple days uh, for students, um, you know, to take a little extra time at their locker to get organized. Uh, What we typically do that first day of school first day of classes is uh, during first period we have carved out about 10 to 15 minutes right at the beginning of the school day for students to take some time. Uh, Some of them have locker organizers that they want to install. You're also more than welcome to do that on back to school night. Uh, The lockers are uh, plenty big enough for that. Um, Also, if you uh, need measurements, locker measurements, that sort of thing for those organizers, uh, definitely don't hesitate to to drop by the school to look at the lockers and that sort of thing. But there is a grace period there for our students to, to help them get organized and that sort of thing. Our high school students really like to decorate their lockers. They enjoy uh, that that opportunity, and um, they have the the time to do that as well. Those first couple of days of school. Well, you mentioned the new parent fellowship coming up on August the second, starting at five o'clock for new families, and then at six thirty, more of an open back to school night where existing families will also be in in uh, attending. What sort of topics should new parents expect to learn about at the new parents fellowship on August the second? 
Uh, we'll, we'll hit on kind of the mission and vision of the school, what we foresee, um, you know, as, as parents, especially parents of older students, uh, it's a little easier to think with the end in mind what you want your student to look like when they graduate. So we'll spend some time talking about that, kind of the portrait of a graduate, what our expectations are uh, for their students and what their expectations should be, you know, for for parents and uh, for their kids. And, and really, uh, it's a great opportunity to see how well those line up, you you know, we all want our students to be great Christian, uh, hardworking thinkers who, um, you know, are, are great leaders and uh, really impact uh, the world for Christ. Uh, so it's a great opportunity to hear a little bit about that. But then also some of the uh, specifics, the practical things like uh, homework and projects, uh, reading, mm-hmm. uh, how much is going to be required in that regard, mm-hmm. um, the course syllabi, what those look like and what to expect uh, from the teachers. So the whole uh, scope of expectations, if you will, is laid out that night. And um, again, if you're not able to attend that, um, really uh, the process of, is sort of threefold. Uh, first thing is we want to encourage um, uh, you know, our students to keep up. And uh, that's an encouragement that uh, parents can uh, come alongside us, again, in Loco Parentis, working mm-hmm. together alongside each other uh, to help them keep up. Because the older the students are, um, the more weighty uh, grade-wise projects and reading assignments and things like that are and the importance. Uh, for example, uh, if they don't do a reading assignment for homework, uh, the the class participation grade for the next day is likely going to be a discussion revolving around that particular reading assignment. So, um, you know, it could be multiple grades that are affected and they can get behind very quickly. So really, um, and, and it's not, you know, banging them over the head to help them remember. It's an encouragement and mm-hmm. uh, we, we want to keep it positive, but also uh, help help them to understand that one thing leads to the next. So if they read, they're going to be prepared for that next assignment. Um, if they turn in their portion of the project, then they're going to help the overall project get completed adequately and uh, really want our students to Strive to do well in the small things and uh, to realize that small things equal big things. And uh, things like uh, turning in their homework uh, on time in a timely manner uh, leads to them being ahead and prepared for the next uh, homework assignment or whatever that might be. So uh, we want to help them in that way to encourage them to keep up and also to stay organized. Mm -hmm. Uh, Students can fall behind very quickly uh, if they don't, if they lack organization. So uh, coming alongside your student with us in partnership to help them stay organized uh, as we mentioned earlier with a planner or an agenda um, and ask to see it uh, when they bring it home, to see it and help them stay on top of their assignments. Um, That's really the quickest way to fall behind is not turn in assignments in a timely manner. And then lastly is to encourage uh, the students to communicate with teachers often, you know, ask questions, uh, come after school, don't hesitate to pick, pick teachers' brains. Uh, we're always um, appreciative of any advice. And then also uh, to stay positive, you know, uh, with that, that encouragement. Again, encouragement is to give courage, uh, mm-hmm. to give them uh, that, uh, that proper motivation and uh, should be done in a positive fashion. So uh, the older the students are, really, to sum it up, the, the harder the transition is, uh, the harder it is, uh, the easier, rather, it is to fall behind you know, to um, uh, the more stuff they have to keep up with to stay organized. Um, And uh, really that communication element is extremely important. So encouraging them to communicate regularly with their teachers, especially if they have questions, and then also uh, with you as the parent at home. 
Uh, and then if you have any questions, because we know that coming through the student, often sometimes things aren't as clear, aren't crystal clear. Uh, so encouraging you to reach out to the teachers uh, if you have any questions as well. And we recommend uh, doing that through email uh, communication, and then teachers should respond back in a timely manner. So uh, so that's really it. Really that following that threefold process is, I think, extremely important and beneficial for solar students to uh, keep them from falling behind, to help them uh, keep up uh, with their work, with their assignments, their projects, and that sort of thing, to help them stay organized. Um, and uh, that will really help them stay on top of things. And then lastly, that communication aspect or tool, I think, is probably the most important and most vital of the three. Uh, but, uh, and, and we'll do our best on our end to communicate regularly and uh, to, to let you know what's coming up. For example, the course syllabi, in which you'll see for each class, it has a corresponding course syllabus, which has a breakdown of the grading requirements, the assignments, uh, generally when they're going to be due, uh, what the expectations are, some of the processes and procedures uh, that we'll use in class uh, for, um, you know, disseminating that information to the students and really our goals uh, for, for the students for uh, that particular, for that corresponding class for that school year. So when students are having those kinds of struggles that all students go through uh, and then they want to reach out to their teacher, do the teachers have scheduled office hours or regular availability? What should students and their parents expect from our faculty here at Annapolis regarding the um, outside of classroom assistance that invariably uh, comes up? That's a great question, Rob. And I, uh, two things in regards to that. Number one, a student in seventh through the twelfth grade has an Annapolis email account, a student email account, and they are welcome to, if they're home and they have questions, to email their their teachers. And uh, that's often beneficial uh, for mm-hmm. our students, and a lot of parents don't don't realize that, but they do. Each student has their own personalized email account. Um, and the teachers require certain assignments to be submitted that way through email. So uh, training them, helping them in that, that regard, using that technology piece is extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. And uh, along those same lines, uh, as well as uh, the email accounts, is uh, the, the teacher's office hours. Uh, they're available after school. School dismissal is at 3, 3.40. Uh, teachers are required to be on site until 4. Uh, so that gives uh, uh, parents, it gives students an extra 20 minutes at the end of the school day uh, to ask the teacher questions, uh, to get help, uh, to get advice. And you see a lot of that here in Annapolis is, is students just simply staying just to get some advice on, on their workload or how to handle that, uh, how to stay organized <laughs> and that sort of thing. So the teachers are available um, every day for that. Uh, we do have staff meetings on Tuesdays, uh, but we've made a change in our schedule where the staff meetings will not begin until at least 4 p.m. Uh, for the teachers to make sure, make that concerted effort to be available for parents, to be available for students at dismissal every school day. Well, we have some other organizations on campus that we might want to mention, at least the contact name for the folks that are in charge of the various organizations, because these are additional ways for new students and existing students and their families to be involved at Annapolis. So we have the PALS organization, which is effectively our parent organization here at Annapolis. We have an athletics program, and we also have our development office. And why don't you, Ty, tell us who are the points of contact for each of those groups, and if you'd like to maybe address a little bit about 
what parents, uh, new parents can expect from each of those groups this year. Absolutely. Well, we'll start out, out with athletics. Uh, our athletic director is Marticia Liefer. Uh, she's been here for quite a few years and, and is really an expert in her field. So uh, contacting her, would she would be your point of contact for the athletics department. Um, and uh, students are able to be involved in athletics. We have a wide array of athletics here um, for uh, to being such a small school uh, here at Annapolis. So with track uh, in the spring, with basketball in the winter, uh, volleyball here in the fall, um, and six-man football in the fall as well, um, and, and really a host of other sports and activities that we're really trying to get off the ground uh, so if you have any interest in that regard, don't hesitate to email me uh, or the main point of contact for uh, the athletics department is Marticia Liefer. And you'll hear more from her on August 2nd at the uh, back to school night during the new parent portion. Uh, she will be giving a spiel on athletics, what some of the more specific uh, detailed requirements are for the program. Uh, but you'll see that it really lines up well with what's going on in the classroom. There's mm-hmm. certain things as far as teamwork and athleticism uh, that, that's really challenging to incorporate in the classroom that can be done on the field of play. So we, we love uh, kids to be involved to learn sportsmanship and, and really it's a great opportunity to build character. Uh, so as far as development goes, Ann Thurwalker, uh, you'll get to meet her. She'll be in and around the campus, uh, often taking pictures or uh, whenever you're able to see the new website here this school year, uh, that's compliments of uh, Mrs. Thurwalker and also Jacob Belcher, uh, who's one of our logic school teachers. They are experts in technology and, and are really striving to to improve and increase our communication here at Annapolis. So uh, the this week at ACA, which comes from out of the front office, uh, is uh, a product of Mrs. Thurwalker and just a desire as a parent herself uh, to make sure that uh, we are communicating clearly mm-hmm. so the parents uh, know what's going on in the life of the school, both on a long-term perspective over the course of the school year, uh, which is a calendar on the school website, but then also on the daily and weekly this week at ACA uh, and the students bringing home uh, communication from the classroom. So really communication is vital and important, and you'll see a lot of that coming out of our development office here uh, from Miss Ann Thurwalker. And then most likely the new parents, um, if they are enrolled and have enrolled students at Annapolis, they have heard about PALS and perhaps I've already heard from PALS and I anticipate they're going to hear from PALS even more at the New Parent Fellowship and then of course throughout the forthcoming weeks of the of the school year. So who directs PALS and what what role does PALS play here at Annapolis? PALS is uh, just an incredible organization um, that is uh, stands for it's an acronym that stands for Parents of Annapolis Lending Support and that's really what it is it's a parent organization that strives to uh, support the teachers and uh, support uh, students and uh, also just support other parents mm-hmm. and that's just such an invaluable uh, resource that our parents have at the school as parents coming alongside other parents and um, whether you're a principal or a staff member, uh, whatever the case might be, y- your kids are here and uh, that that's what we want. We want to encourage that. So we're all parents. So, um, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, things like communication 
education is done well. So hearing directly from parents, joining PALS is just a great opportunity to uh, to have a voice in what's going on in, in the life of the school. So PALS uh, is uh, led by Miss Paula Pepper, and uh, this is, uh, I believe, her second or third year as head of that organization. But her desire is to bridge that gap and to really improve uh, just, just the parents' knowledge and understanding of what's going on in the life of the school and how they can help. And uh, so the PALS organization meets um, every so often, and uh, the, really the purpose, the express purpose of that program is just to connect other parents together. And you'll, like you mentioned, Rob, you'll see that at the New Parent Fellowship. It's just a great resource. Uh, and you'll see that beginning at the first New Parent Orientation, uh, which is 5 p.m. on August 2nd. And those parents will be there. Paula will be there uh, really with the purpose of getting uh, new families, new parents connected uh, with families that have been here for some time to help them, um, you know, because they, there are always tons of questions and um, to really help them. And as part of that process, you'll also run into, and I think it's uh, invaluable, is some of those parents uh, that have had graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does it take to graduate, to do well here at Annapolis? Uh, those types of questions, I think, as a parent are extremely important. So it uh, gives you lots of those mm-hmm. opportunities within the PALS organization and to serve uh, in many different ways. Well, I think this is a wrap on episode three of the Annapolis Christian Academy Warriors podcast. Thank you, Ty, so much for your time today. Thank you, Rob.